more, please. Relax. We're here. The boys are back, and we're doing another episode of Loud About Nothing. Okay, 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 okay. It's me. It's your boy. It's the fucking hottest dude in the podcast game. That thotty, boobody, the fucking smoke show himself, the mogul, Sebastian Canelli. Okay, okay, okay. Everyone's wondering if he's here and people. He's here every week and he is. Oh, look, he fucking bites his bottom lips as I talk about him. This little fucking cute boy. Oh, my God. He likes this. He he doesn't even like doing a podcast. He just likes hearing the kind words at the beginning. He may not be blood, but he is my nephew. Give it up for Robbie boy. Robbie, say what's up. What's up, Sebastian? Yo, you got the Elvis curl popping today. I do. I, like I have this. curls. A lot of my family is like, I never knew you had curly hair. And I'm like, yeah, I got it from you guys. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. We need to get the guests in, but I just need to say this. Don't you fucking dare because I've been in your bathroom and I see those fucking curl products. So don't you oh, fucking wait. dare. Don't you dare <laughs> say that you got it from your family. You uh, fucking no, sneaky no, boy. No, no. Okay, we got to get the guests on. But why are you lying <laughs> right up top? Why you I know lying somebody right who is a curly hair influencer and she gave me those for free. I Jesus. saw them the other day and I was like, Sebastian probably thinks I'm crazy. But let's I get the guests see, in. We got to get the guests in. But why are you lying as soon as we start? I see you with the fucking curly no. product in there. Diva curl. He does no. diva curl, this dude. Okay. This Bro, it is true. We will address this in the future. Okay. okay. But we need to bring on our guests. And Robbie, what's our one rule? Moguls only. Moguls fucking only, bro. Okay. And this dude is a mogul. Okay. He literally, his podcast is so fucking good. You need to, if you like this, think about the exact opposite because <laughs> <laughs> it's thought out, it's put together, it's edited, it has fucking heart and meaning to it. You need to be listening to this guest. Our guest, Murph Meyer, is self-medicated. It's one of the best podcasts I've fucking heard in a very long time. He he was the announcer for the Chris Gethard Show. Give it up for Murph Meyer. Hey, that's a hell of an intro. Thank you. <laughs> hey, bro. I mean, I'm talking. You're you're the intro goat. So that's yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Between your intro and and Robbie's uh, Jerry curl juice and his <laughs> biting his bottom lip, I'm fucking hot and bothered, ready to go. <laughs> Murph. Oh my god. Thank you for fucking being here, bro. This is so beautiful, bro. I I love this so much. I mean, these are we this is dirty America coming together right here. Oh, this is just yeah, <laughs> a, a cesspool of 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 silliness. Oh my god. I mean, both of us are scumbags in our own way, which is beautiful. Big time. Big time. We're 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 uh we're we're Staten Island uh and Cole Country Pennsylvania scumbags through and through. Where what part of Pennsylvania are you from exactly? I'm northeastern Pennsylvania. So that's up in uh that's like the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. So you know, you oh, got nice. your office, you mm-hmm. know, you got Scranton Joe Biden is uh cl- you know claims to be from up this way. Uh <laughs> You know him. Uh, he's he's yeah. all he's he's a, he's a blue collar guy. That guy. Yeah. Oh, I I sometimes worry if he could if he could put down the fucking the fucking hammer and focus on the yeah. job. Can he That's take it. off the work vest? You know. The answer is no. No, he can't. He can never yeah. take out. He's got his hands. Those he's hands are just way. you know raw. He's been working them to the bone all these years. Hey Murph, my buddy met him. Shook his hands. It was fucking sandpaper. He pulled away. <laughs> blood was dripping from his hands. I mean, the, the kid's blue collar. He stripped that little girl's shoulders to the bone when he was rubbing them. I mean, he loves touching little girl. He loves fixing six. Yeah, he loves fixing six. I mean, <laughs> that's it. I mean, okay, that's Murph, the truth. We get we get into the gritty really quick here. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> we have to be careful. Easy now. 
Murph, what made you start doing comedy? Because I'll be honest, you, I mean, there's a couple of people that I met coming up that like, I mean, they, I, I, no offense, you don't fit in the world. No, 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 not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've, I've always been kind of a, of a goof, I guess. And, uh, Come to New York, uh, you know, I used to do like a lot, a lot of weird sketch comedy and stuff in Philly, uh, you know, it's kind of had a little bit of a scene there. We, we did some shows for, for years and, you know, UCB just kind of gravitates kind of all the funky people from different walks to come in. So I feel like I came in. I'm also was not an old, old school UCB person, but I feel like I kind of no. came in right at the uh, right at the end of when it was like still very straight, a little a little industry, you know, sprinkle, but not that kind of shit where it was very sanitized. You know, I still yeah. feel like there was a little bit of strange. It was just a window for me to sneak in. A back window there that I might have I might have had to kick in, but I, I, I did and I got in there. So, <laughs> I mean, you were I think you were something that UCB has never seen and never will again. R.I.P. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. They'll never right? see anyone again. <laughs> no, but I think that you were something that UCB has never seen. There's a story about you that I'm going to tell that oh, everyone man. talks about in this class uh, that you took the Chris Gethard parentheses class. Yep. Right. That's and you the back window I speak of that I kicked in. Yes. Gather class. Yeah. <laughs> so you could tell me later uh, if you want to cut this. But you everyone's like, oh, you need to send an email. I'm probably butchering the story. You need to send an email. What's up, Robbie? What's the what's a parentheses class? Beautiful. I, this is a, this is a good question. It's Chris <laughs> Gethard, a former guest on the podcast. Uh, fucking God bless. Uh, basically, he did a class. That was like open. It was like just about supporting your teammates, correct? I mean, it's yeah. improv. So you're teaching. Yeah. It was an improv it, comedy. But it class. wasn't like a herald. There was no structure. It was kind of a find the structure on the fly. It was a very open, uh, you know, hippy dippy kind of uh, funky class. Yes. Okay. So, and it was supposed to be about like opening up to other people. And there was an email. And I was like, I want you to admit something. You know what this story is. Oh boy. Yes. Do you, uh, yeah, I, I go, mean, go get it. Let's get it. Okay. It's <laughs> like, it's like, tell something about you that you maybe wouldn't share instantly with people. And so everyone else, you know, these are improv people. So they're like, you know, one time I shoplifted M&Ms. <laughs> they go, one time, one time I was supposed to harmonize, but I wanted to be lead. So I sang lead and, and there was no harmony in the school play. Okay. <laughs> so Murph shoots them an email. And this is just lore. This is fucking, these, these words are fucking trickling around the hallways. And I'm like a 201 student. I'm hearing this shit. Right. Murph sends an email. Oh, he goes, ah, the other night I got hammered and I had a hooker jerk me off on the subway. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was, uh, I woke up to, to be fair, I, I, I overslept on my stop and I went way deep, deep into Crown Heights and, uh, and I woke up and I was being, I was just being serviced uh, without even, so then I kind of felt like, what? I'm like, oh shit, I'm way past my stop. I passed out drunk. I don't know if you, you know, we've all been in New York long enough. If, if you're a drinker, you sometimes, yeah. you know, it's 4 yeah, a.m. You, you oversleep. So I missed my stop and I yeah, I, I, I woke up to being to, to a hand out my pants. You want to talk about sandpaper hands? Yeah. Uh, but like, <laughs> so Joe Biden was on one side of me and on the other side of me. No, it was a, there was, No, it was a, it was a, it was Joe a, it Biden was, a lady. was the hooker. Yes. Joe yes. Biden was a lady of the night. Uh, this I mean, was this was back circa twenty twelve or whatever the hell this was. Uh, uh yeah, but uh, so so uh so so I woke up to this to this happening. Kind of got off at my stop. I was a little bit like, oh, you know, a little little surprise, not already, whatever. Got off at the stop, was on the uh, on the platform there, and then I had to wait. So, now, you know, at this hour, the trains aren't running as frequently. No. So we both get off at the stop, and now she's, we're just kind of standing on the platform together. There's nobody else there. We're just waiting for the train. So I kind of just fumbled and gave her, like, the whatever $11 that was in my pocket. Like, I felt she was kind of like, uh, <clears throat> you know, like, I, I just 
you know, you kind of, yeah. so I gave her a couple of, and she, tra- and I, there was no getting there. Like I wasn't even uh, aroused. It was not a situation sure. that I was, but yeah, that, that happened. So I shared that with the group and apparently that was, uh, that was, uh, yeah, people were a little taken aback. I, I suppose <laughs> Gethard was like, do I need to like talk to the, to the, you know, again, this is pre, this is early on, uh, earlier on in the UCB day. So he was like, do I need to, to email someone about this or do I need to tell, but you know, I don't know. They said share some shit. So I shared something. Well, who are they going to tell? Right. <laughs> Who are they going to tell? The, the, king, uh, the kids Amy Poehler? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the MTA? The, the, the president of the MTA? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. I mean, you've lived a life, Murph. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's And that's what I think I kind of always brought to the improv. I was never great at the uh, at the technical aspects of it, which I always kind of appreciated about you as well, is just kind of being like, just get out there. And it's all about support. You know, you support your teammates and stuff. But sure. as far as like game moves and the math and the theory of it, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I just, you, you kind of got to do what you do. I mean, I think that's what makes it interesting. I think that that it, it does bring like a different voice than an NYU. You are a different voice than an NYU student. Yeah, yes, yes, a little bit, a little bit. No college, <laughs> no college here. Didn't 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 do didn't do that route at all. Let alone NYU. No, no. I mean, my family went to NYU, so. But I, you know what the thing? I always say I grew up in a nice family in a horrible place. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's better than a nice place and a horrible family. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think a lot of people experience that. My family's beautiful. My family's same. Same. Beautiful. I'm dude. I'm in the same boat. I I couldn't ask for a better. I have a big, you know, Irish fucking drunk family that, but everyone loves each other, and it's like, yeah, there's not much to go around, but other than the love and the and the booze, so we we enjoy that part of it. But yeah, not not the best. The whole country seen better days uh, about three generations ago. Jesus, I uh, I mean, was it even good then? Was- no, no, no. <laughs> there were jobs, but they were like, send your fucking children into the mines uh, kind of jobs. So that was not, uh, that was never great, no. A- any job you're checking to see if your pet died, if you should continue working, is not a good yeah. job. Yeah, no, my, my mom always says they, uh, they used to say, because uh, my, my great-great-grandfather was uh, one of the Molly Maguires uh, doing the union organizing and stuff here with uh, in the mines with the with the miners. And she used to say they used to leave the work and go right to the bar and they used to wash down the coal dust that was like in their Oof. throat with, with beers. And it's just like, whoo, that's a that's labor, man. I mean, it's so funny because there's so many people out there that are now like, I'm so much of a man, more of a man than you. Oh, and then yeah. you tell a story like that. Like, like yeah. I, need, I need you to talk to a couple people in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's that? No, I yeah. Like You're like a dick measuring contest. My dick was blown off in the mines. What are you talking about? You want to be a man? You want to be a real man? It means your genitals have been mashed up in some sort of machinery. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, uh, I mean, this is, but we need people like this in comedy. And I could tell that you grew up in a beautiful house because you don't make it out of a place like that without a beautiful family. No, support, man. Support all the way. Absolutely. My folks have always supported, even when I kind of went through my rougher times. And, you know, like a lot of people here have, uh, you know, you kind of turned to booze and drugs and and the whole nine. Uh, So I kind of got caught up in that for a little while. And I was very, very lucky. And I say this all the time. The only reason I kind of got out of that shit was just having the support of my family. So I'm very, very, very fortunate for that. And then they supported my insane, you know, comedy shit. I was just like, yeah, well, hey, man, you're alive. Like, you're alive. You want to go out to New York and do your thing? Like, that's beautiful. We're, we got your back 100%. So I was lucky I mean, for that. It is funny when kids are like, I fucked around. I don't know. Yeah, You probably know this. I was a little bit of a trouble uh, at a certain points in my life. Uh, everyone's like, oh, my parents are so disappointed in me that I'm doing comedy. I'm like, my parents are happy. I'm happy about something. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. 
like, that's what you got to do. See, kids, if kids are listening, have to set the bar at yes. like, oh, you know, set the bar at some sort of seedy, uh, the most seedy scenario you can imagine, so that when mm-hmm. you come out of that, the folks are like, "All right, kiddo, go get your, go chase your dreams." A hundred percent. Just, I mean, steal pills from their cabinet early, so yes, then they're yeah, happy please. with you in the future. <laughs> Clean out those perks, pop all the perks, and then, and then when you're back ready to do do something productive, they'll be excited about it. All right, Murph, we got to talk drugs for a couple of minutes, okay? I yes, mean, please. yes, we have to. You are you're a former uh, you're you're a former drug addict, correct? Yes, you're yep. open. Heroin, that. heroin was my was my uh, was my drug of choice. Jesus Christ, I never did it. Yeah, never, never did it. God bless. Yeah, God bless for sure. It's a tough one. It's a, it, especially if you're looking to kind of if you're not using it in a productive way, which I know some people are like, what the fuck does that even mean? But there are people out there who can kind of casually maybe dance with it a little bit, you know, here and there, and, and not get immediately hooked but if you're looking to mask some sort of or numb some sort of trauma or pain or whatever it is oh man it's it's so good at doing that that it's hard to you know it's hard to put it down once you once you pick it up i know i did painkillers and like so you kind of get the opioid vibe there a little bit yeah i've nodded um so uh (laughs) yeah it's a it's a blissful place to be but it's not sustainable no 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 i mean and it literally in the name it kills pain Yep. It kills pain. And I go, I wonder why I'm doing this. Oh, I wonder <laughs> yeah. what is inside. Why? I just must like partying. No. <laughs> it's yeah. not partying. No, no, no. No, it goes beyond partying. When you're, when you're in full-on nod mode and you're just like, well, that's the thing, too, is it kills the physical pain. But what they don't talk about is it, the, the, the emotional pain. Is, it's also beautiful at killing that. But that's, that's where you start going. You start being a zombie. And you get to a point where you're like, what the hell am I doing? You know, you know, you're detached from your, your people you love and your, your responsibilities. You, you just don't give a shit every day. It's like all I'm going to do is just sit here and drift off. So you're just kind of like the walking dead at a certain point. I mean, I 100 percent agree because it wasn't the physical. It was emotional pain. That yeah, I was. Yep. I mean, I, I didn't know. I played one season of JV football. <laughs> what physical pain could we be talking about? <laughs> I, I didn't even start. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> those, like, those doubles, though. Those doubles in the summer. You know, you might have had something, a little something you had to take. You know? I would have made it off the island if I didn't do fucking have to do go through hell week one time for football camp. <laughs> that got me hooked on it. Okay. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, it's really good at, 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 at as advertised is what it does. And then, of course, you have a whole generation with, with the oxys, you know, and shit. And people are over-prescribing. And it's flying off the shelves and you know, now that people are, are have moved from that to, 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 to the street opioids, it's like now 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 there's no help available. It's like they were loose as hell with the scripts when people were getting hooked on oxys. Now when people are trying to get medication assisted treatment, buprenorphine, methadone, that kind of shit to get off the uh, the heroin that they got on from the oxys, now all of a sudden the scripts have tightened up. Which I, is which is very bizarre to see. It's actually really sick because that's what happened in Staten Island because it's such a like a blue collar place. Yep. That everyone got hurt. So many people got hurt on the job or quote unquote hurt. You know what I mean? Disability yep. shit. Yep. Right. They just got yeah. prescribed these pills and then all the kids took it from their parents or their parents yep. were doing a ton and then they started doing it with their parents, et cetera, like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got a whole generation kind of hooked there. And uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing the, the fallout of that now is, is as they get to the street and it's like. The fentanyl is in everything, and it's like the overdoses are off the charts. It's 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 really at a point where, what's really sickening to me, and I talk about this just a lot on the podcast, is 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 how absurd. I can see when people go, "Well, I don't know what what do you do about it," you know, and it's like, "What can we do?" I mean, first of all, changing people's material conditions so they're not in such a bad place that they want to, you know, there's no fucking jobs, you know, you're in a place where it's like, why you want to do this in the first place? 
aside from that, even to to just stem the the uh, to, or to, or to I guess like stop the bleeding here a little bit is like you got Narcan, which which can reverse overdose. You got you got fucking buprenorphine, like I said, which is medication assisted treatment. If people aren't ready to go cold turkey yet and get off. Get them to a place where it's managed. They know what the fucking shit is they're putting in their body so they don't get this random shit on the street. It's like there are ways we can do this. It's not like we're scratching our heads going, well, I wish the scientists could come up with some sort of – it's like we got the shit. It's just access to it. We got to get it out there to people. I mean it's crazy that people – that how hard they make Narcan to get for people. It's nuts. It's nuts, man. And it's a nasal spray now. It's as easy as that. Like you can fucking – you just hit people with that. It's just a matter of getting it out there in the communities and, and telling people how to use it. And I tell this to people all the time. A lot of people write to me, you know, listen to the podcast. They say, oh, my, my, my brother, my, my parent, my, my, my kid, whatever it is, 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 you know, is hooked on this shit. And I don't know what to do. And I always say, like, the number one thing is if you can get your hands on Narcan and let them know that, that's just one way of saying to them, look, I want you alive. Like, I don't know what it is you're going through right now, but I am love you and I'm here for you. So if you nod off in my basement, I'm going to be here with this Narcan. And honestly, I've seen that go. That goes a long way just as from someone in my perspective is like if you if someone shows you that they give a shit about you if there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel then i think that goes a long way but man they're just making this shit like expensive and and access to it some pharmacists will, will have an attitude like they used to do with ladies trying to go in and get the, the plan b or the ne- the day after pill or whatever the fuck it's like people have they get on this moral high horse you're like you're a fucking drug like fill the damn thing you fill the oxy for fucking prescriptions with no problem <laughs> yeah yeah like, exactly give me the goddamn narcan for christ's yeah. sake Jesus Christ. I mean, it sucks. I If I want to, the kids shouldn't do pills. And I'll tell you, I'll give the kids a reason why they shouldn't do pills, right? When you do pills, you can't fuck. And then when you stop doing them, when you stop, because you'll go all day, you'll just be softy. You'll, you'll be Mr. Softy the whole time, right? Because there is no feel, there's no pain, no, it's all but there's numb, no pleasure. No. There's yeah. no, yeah, it's just. Well, because there's no pleasure higher than that high is the other thing. So it's it's better than an orgasm, which you know, again, for the kids, it's not trying to say go do it, don't do yeah, it, because yeah, yeah. there's nothing above that. Once you go past orgasm, you're you're chasing a dragon there that you're never going to find. Oh, and after you stop doing it, I don't know if you had this problem, Murph. Fucking, I was I was Paul Revere and I was a minute man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one and done. Not even two pump jump there. That's a one. That's a one and done. Did you have that problem for a little bit? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, it, just 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 uh, self pleasure and like a goddamn fiend, like back to back to middle school, you know, Skinamax days, like of just like, you know, eight nine times a day. I'm just like, I this is I'm back, and I don't even know if I feel good about this anymore. Because all of a sudden you got all the feeling back. Everything yes. was extra sensitive, and it was absolutely like a, a sexual rediscovering. But that's embarrassing for a twenty three year old. Yeah, for an older <laughs> for an older fella. No, that's uh, that's that's a, that's a young man's game. That's a young young man's game. That's like a that's like a you know the, the year after puberty you know kind of game where you're you're first finding yourself. You don't want to be doing that as an old man. No, no, please. I, I oh god, <laughs> no. the agita I would get. The agita, There was one woman. God bless her soul. She was there for me when it was when I when I was just finished. God bless her soul. I remember. I remember her just being like, let's work. Let's figure this out. (laughs) God bless indeed. A hundred percent. She was like, this is I'm going to keep hooking up with you. So let's just figure it out. You know? Yeah. And did we figure it out? No, I ran away like a coward. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't handle it. But I mean, that's one reason why kids shouldn't be doing that shit. You know, like it's one easy reason if it, it fucks with that shit. Yes. And that's for life. You know what I mean? That's like something you want. You don't want to have to start back from zero with that. You know, you figured out as much as you could 
back in the days of, you know, fiddling and faddling in the backseat of, of cars and whatnot up at Makeout Point. I don't know how they do it there in Staten Island, but, yeah. uh, you know. Makeout uh, Point. That's where me and Smash should go to the gym. <laughs> yes. Robbie, what type of shit is that? What are you talking about? We go to Makeout Point. What, the, what are you insinuating here right now? He said there's a place, Makeout Point, on, on Staten Island. And I heard. I mean, it sounds Robbie like- confirmed it. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie, you're making it sound like you and I say we go to the gym and then we go make out. No, no, well, no I just no, pictured no. that's where my mind went. Just FYI. yes, I yes, put you, I put I locked those lips real quick. Robbie, explain what are you saying? That nothing. Make out point doesn't exist. Oh, Jesus, it's not Christ. a real place. Only in my mind now. <laughs> wow, Robbie, I would make out in the front seat. I wouldn't go to the back seats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the front. You mean you go over to the passenger side, or you fucking around with that steering wheel? You know what? I the, in high school, the lady was driving the seats back. You get those bucket oh, seats yeah. back. Yeah, yeah the yeah, bucket yeah. seat back. Oh yeah. Yes. Imagine having like one of those old like uh, um, like cars with the one long seat in the middle. Oh yeah, the yeah, well, the boat. My mom, the Caprice Classic. That was the car I learned how to drive on. My mom had that. She had the Chevy. So I got oh I got the yeah. It was like the one long just bench seat in the back. Oh yeah. Oh God bless! I mean, no, that's, that, that's that's yeah, that's like that's that's like sneaky. You're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until you just said that. I, I had a couple of, of uh, experiences uh, in my youth with that backseat. It's just yeah, it's it's just like a it's like a futon. Yeah. It's like a, it's it's like a futon in the back of the car. A hundred percent. You that Caprice th- Classic was a boat, man. That was a great car. Is that your first car that you drove? Yeah, it was an eighty eighty five an eighty five Chevy Caprice Classic. That was a that was a hell of a car. How much acid have you done in your life, Murph? <laughs> A fair amount, uh, you know. When I was uh, when I was a senior in high school, I uh, so I started doing some. I went to some, you know, fish shows and your, you know, your 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 Dave Matthews and whatever and what have you shows. And so in the parking lots there, I tried some some acid when I was uh, probably like a sophomore, junior in high school. It was the first time I was doing that. And then when I was a senior, I uh, I ended up getting arrested. Uh, I was on probation. I failed the drug test. Long story short, I, I had to be a, I had to take a piss test in my senior year in high school for. Uh, my PO would come uh, randomly into, into high school and pull me out of class and I'd have to piss in a cup. So the, the drugs he tested me for were uh, THC, cocaine, and sometimes amphetamines and, uh, and opioids. So it was, those are the three that I knew I couldn't do, but there was no test for acid. So my senior year, I was like, well, I got this curfew. I got to be home. So I got this sheet of blotter acid that was uh, Timothy Leary's head, the old uh, acid guru from the 60s, of course. Who else? Uh, and it was the best fucking acid I ever had. So I took it like every weekend. For my like remainder of my like four months, five months of senior year in high school, I had friends come over my, my folks' basement. We would take it and just stay up till dawn, and that was like the best. I, I mean, I had like the life changing experiences there. That was a, that was a wonderful time. Uh, good set and setting. I was comfortable. I was in a place where I grew up. My parents' basement. Put the vinyl on. My mom has a great vinyl collection, so we get the tunes going and just you know chain smoke and fucking and, and just let it let it fly. So that was a. Uh, that's acid is if you get good acid. The problem is you don't know again because of the fucking all the illegal. They make this shit illegal. You don't know where it's coming from. So yeah. you might have some goofball in a in a you know in a basement somewhere tinkering with your brain. It's just like you got to have that recipe be right. Uh, otherwise, I prefer like the natural, the the the, the mushrooms and the and the and the mescaline and that kind of thing. A hundred percent. Because if you get shrooms, at least it's shrooms. It's yeah. it's it's just shrooms. Yeah. Just it's- don't eat too many. Just don't eat the whole bag. <laughs> you know, yeah. start slow and. And work your way up, but with acid, you just never know, man. You take one little hit, and next thing you know, you're 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 not in a good way. Yeah, I I took the first time I took shrooms, I took way too many <laughs> shrooms. I took way too many. No Maybe, turning back on that. Oh no, because I thought I was a little tough guy, but 
I mean, psychedelics will teach you you're not a tough guy quick. Oh, no. No, no, no. There's no, there's no like, sometimes you could drink a little too much, but you can like grit your teeth and be like, I'm just going to fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to house a, you know, a, a pizza, a whole pizza or something. And I'm going to get back in the game here. You know, puke and rally. You can always do that. With psychedelics, once they're in there, they're, they're, you're, you're, you're on for a ride at least six hours or more. A hundred percent. You're there for a fist fight and they're doing like Muay Thai. You know what I'm saying? That's what the <laughs> fuck. knees are coming up. Those yeah. knees are coming right up into the fucking ribs. Yeah. Yeah. I So I was at my boy, my boy Phil's house and him and I, um, we, we got like this huge bag of shrooms. I, I, I mean, it must have been over a half ounce between the and We're like, let's just eat it. And it was just like an <laughs> afternoon. And so we didn't make any plans, which was the mistake. So then we walked outside and we started walking in the in the woods in Staten Island. Which, not a good place. I mean, we're talking one city block by one city block. <laughs> what's, the, what's that we were in? And it just starts raining. And I'm tripping. I, it hit me so hard. I thought I, I could smoke blunts because that's what we would smoke here. But no, 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 no. I, I, I realized how weak my soul was that day. And <laughs> we went into the kid's house. And his house, everyone spoke Russian in the house. And that was one of the scariest experiences I've ever had was to be in a house where everyone was just speaking Russian around me, tripping balls on shrooms, looking at a picture of, of like a, 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 a sea just and the waves were just crashing over and over again until I just turned at the family and I, they picked a stick out of my hair and they said, what are you two doing? And then I just I fake yawns. I stretched my arms, then went, oh, I'm tired. And then I walked out of the house. <laughs> I'm just going to shut my eyes and pretend I'm asleep right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you know what's interesting? When I did that, my gut instinct when I was, like, freaking out so much was, like, let me just call my mom and just tell her I did too many. And, sh I mean, we'll deal with that tomorrow, but today she'll love me. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a beautiful. Did she? <laughs> I, no. We went to my boy's. We went to my boy's house, and then we went to the Applebee's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We went to the Apple. The second place, the, I mean, a lot of people say Olive Garden when you hear your family. Me, when I'm on shrooms, I go Applebee's. I'm family there. <laughs> when, I, when I'm here, I'm family. I'm, I'm family tripping balls. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've done that. Have you done lately? Have you done any, any psychedelics lately in your older age? Um, I, Every time I've done them, I guess the last time, you know what? Because of COVID, everything is a year and a half plus. You yeah. know what? I, all experiences yeah. are. I was like, oh, I guess I've done them recently. And I was like. No, it's been four years now. Yeah. And every time I do it, I, I take less and less every time. I'm not that makes, that makes sense. Well, the micro dosing, man, the kids are talking all about this micro dosing, which apparently is a, is, is a big like a little bit of a lift, but it doesn't get you like too high. I'm more of a macro dose guy. myself, yeah. but, <laughs> well, but, I, but the kids seem to love the micro dosing. Yeah, they're soft. I mean, <laughs> I know, right? I thought that, too. I said, what do you want to you want to take a little something and go into fucking put a tie on and go into work? What are you talking about here? Let's let's expand the mind. I mean, these are I mean, these are just people that go to the gym and they walk on the treadmill. You know what right. I mean? We're yeah, looking take... for <laughs> spiritual gains, bro. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hit that fucking treadmill and just pl face plant and just fly out the window and go. <laughs> I need to be on the ground and someone has to say, "Are you okay?" after the yes. gym. Yes. Okay. Shrooms. Okay. Yes. I need to be licking something by yeah. the end of the day, or else, or else uh, I haven't done my job. Have you? Um, what was the most you ever took? Do you know? Or well, yeah. So here's it. So I was speaking about uh, uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, when I was <laughs> speaking of Dave Matthews, man, uh, under the table and dreaming over here. I uh, so I went to a, a show. A day, the first uh, 
kind of like big show, I went to that. I was, uh, I think I was 15 years old. Uh, I was in high school. Went to Philly uh, from from here. It's about an hour and a half away from uh, from where I am in PA here. And uh, we went to the to the old uh, Veteran Stadium uh, and went to see Dave Matthews Band. So outdoors, you know, whatever, eighty thousand people, big big place. Uh, and in the parking lot, I had never done acid. I did, I did shrooms maybe once or twice even only before. So I didn't have a lot of psychedelic experience. So we buy. I'm with a couple, you know, an older crowd. Uh, they get these purple gel tabs which come in like a strip, but you're supposed to break off, you know, a little, little, a hit is like breaking. There's little perforations in the, in this, this strip, mm-hmm. but there's these purple gel tabs and we buy them or whatever. I say, Oh, I'm going to get, so they're passing it down the line. So one's coming from this way. One's coming from this way. I just got like basically a tip, which are t- these 10 hits and they're going, yo, this shit's like really fucking great. Like you can even take like half a hit. Like, so I'm hearing this like kind of peripherally. I get this thing. I think that one hit is the strip, which is <gasps> 10. I think someone uh, took one off of them, so there were only nine hits. But again, people were saying, like, if you take one experienced acid, people were like, if you take one hit of this shit, buckle up. And I took nine. So, and I didn't know it, so I eat it. So I turn, dude oh. next to me is just like, ready. He's like, yo, you got that strip or whatever? I'm like, no, no, I took my hit. He's like, and I just see everyone's like faces be like, oh, man. And I'm like, why? What's, what's up, guys? Like, no, no, nothing. Nothing. And then I hear as we're walking into the show, this is before the show. So yeah. as we're walking in, I hear people just being like, somebody's got to fucking be with this guy. Like someone's, who, you know, who brought this kid? What's going on? So there's all they this chatter. They didn't tell you to puke it up? No, there was no puking of, of, of it up, I guess, because it just dissolves on your tongue. And it's like in the, you know, it's like, yeah, these, yeah. yeah it's, it was gone. A waste good drugs. You kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> So I went right. I took I took like nine, uh, nine really crazy fucking good uh, acid hits to the dome there. And I the night ended. So the show was just like a whole blur, whatever that that turned into. But once we hit the parking lot afterwards, we got a, a room at the Holiday Inn right across the street. So we go in there and the night ends with me nude running through the hallways. My friend, my two of my friends had to tackle me and I was screaming. This is the acid frenzy of the 90s. And I was running through the hallways <laughs> and there was some sort of convention a family, so, there was like a family, I don't know if it was a Boy Scouts thing, some fucking other thing was there. So there are all these families and then all these fucking like Dave, you know, fishhead hippies running around. I'm running nude. They tackled me, stuffed a sock in my mouth, tied me up in the bathroom of the hotel room and just left me there. So I'm just sitting in there just like, go, my mind went to a place. So that was not a pleasant experience. Uh, so I, I pumped the brakes after that. I was like, I don't know if I ever want to do acid again, but I came back around a, like a year later. But yeah, that was, that was one time where it was way too much. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I mean, that's congratulations. It's yeah. you know what? The acid frenzy of the nineties. <laughs> self self proclaimed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> those those stories are nightmares to go through. But I think why we share them is because it's it does make you grow as a human being. Yes. Yeah. I think you learn something about yourself. I think when you push it that far, you do learn something about yourself. In the moment, it's just a horse. I mean, forty eight hours afterwards, like you start Oof. questioning everything. Yes. You know, even after you come down to like, OK, I don't need a fucking sock in my mouth, you know, duct tape uh, or on my body. Like even after that, you're still just not right for a couple of days. So, yeah, be careful, kids. Know what you're taking out there. I mean, always you, have a spotter. You know what's really nice? They have testing. Yes. Now. Yes. Yeah. You can get that exactly to get the potency of shit. That's actually beautiful that you we didn't have that. The acid frenzy of the 90s. It was I was the testing. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, the testing was your boy would try it and be like, how is it? How is it? Yeah. And he's like, it's fucking good. He's fucking eyes the size of silver dollars. He's Like, yeah, I think it's okay. I think this is acid. All right. I got a question for you. What do you think about these kids? Uh, Not kids. I should say privileged, uh, privileged, uh, rich people that go off on these ayahuasca trips. What do you think about this? 
so I'm torn on this. I'll tell okay. you. Uh, because, I, you know, I don't want to deny anyone, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're living their best spiritual life. But I will say when you when you're when you're crushing it in the material world and you also want to own the the otherworldly planes, I'm just like, give me a fucking break, man. You yeah. you won, you won the game. You know what I mean? Like, and also there's a there's a level of disrespect I feel. So there's an interesting. I saw this documentary. I don't even know if I call it. I guess it's a documentary. It was some weird footage I saw on on the internet uh, that was. Uh, so when people take some of these trips to 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 Central and South America, they'll be like buses. So they bring in these tourists and there's there there are busloads of people that will wait uh, for for uh, for the locals there who will be like, oh, income like they actually look at it as like a battle for for this for people's spirits because they're like, here come these naive white folks in being like, oh, we're going to, you know, take this fun journey or whatever. And they, they like, you know, you need spiritual guidance for this for for these sorts of things, unless you're just trying to get as fucked up as possible, man. Uh, but there's really something other to it than that, which I, I certainly respect very much and i know uh within the recovery community for even for for uh addiction there's a big push for the psychedelic uh, as a as a form of, of recovery and people love it and swear by it and i didn't do anything like regimented for that but I, I definitely used some some mushrooms like in my earlier months of getting off of heroin and just to kind of you know get my my head on straight uh and i loved it and thought it was great but i know there's now even more regimented stuff including ayahuasca ibogaine's another one uh, and I, and I, I feel like there's a, there's a level of disrespect that feels just like a lot of shit with, you know, fucking rich white people going places and, and trying to conquer it all. Like we've yeah. seen that in a lot of different ways. So I, I don't, I, that part of it is a little gross to me. Uh, but again, I don't want to just say like flatly people should not try to do their thing, but uh, yeah, there's something that doesn't totally sit right with me with some of that touristy kind of shit. Sure, sure. Cause this I, is ancient, like these rituals and the, the, these you know, these chemicals and, and natural uh, parts of the earth. And it's, it's like, it's a whole process. So, you know, you could show there's people in fucking Greenpoint that are, you know, setting up little, little, little warehouses doing it. Yeah. And it's like some fucking, it's, it's, you know, it's your white dude with dreads and he knows it all. And he's, ah, let me, let me be your, your shaman. I'm just like, bro, you're not a fucking, give me a break here. You're a trust fund. <laughs> you're a trustafarian. You're 22 years old. Trust you ain't a shaman. Well, we did have someone come on here and talk. About how they took uh, smoke DMT in one of these fucking. Yeah, and he's actually so he got completely sober. He also had drug issues, and he was like, "Yeah, that helped him come to peace with a lot of things." That's beautiful when that when that kind of thing. I mean, sometimes you just got to shift your perspective a little bit. That DMT is intense, though. What did he say? How did he say he 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 liked it? He 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 sounded like he liked it. It sounded like he changed his life. Have you smoked that? I smoked DMT once, and I went to the moon. Again, I don't know if it's a dosage thing or what, yeah, but yeah. again, or if it's maybe not the best DMT. You know what I mean? Again, like I don't know when you're buying this shit. I don't know if, what, if the recipe was exactly right, but I took, I took a couple of wax. I'm also a little bit old school. I don't know if I was tr- smoking it like I was taking a bong rip or something, but I don't know if you just need little puffs. I took a couple of big wax, and I went. I went to a place. Sure. I remember I'm I, I'm happy I never smoked that. Um, I'm very happy I never smoked that. And I was in a dorm room once and I was hanging out with the weird kid. You know, you know how the, in every dorm room there's that weird kid that you go get drugs from. Yep, um, yep. And he was I mean, he was great. I hope he's doing well. I forget your name, but, you know, you're still in my heart. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I was that kid and I didn't go to the college. I was somehow in the dorm room selling drugs and yeah, I, I didn't yeah. go to the goddamn school. I mean, he's still in my heart. And I remember we we're going there like because. In college, you would get like deals with you buy more weed and then split it with a bunch of people, you know. Yep. And so um, we got weed with him, and he's like, "Yo, you guys want to hit this?" Uh, and he goes, "It's not weed." I go, "What is it?" And thank God he framed it as this. He goes, "It's the death drug." 
He says it makes you feel like you're dying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And that was DMT. That was DMT. That's what, I, that's what Tariq said. He said that he was like, I felt like I saw God. I like know what's gonna happen when you die, and it's like peaceful and all this stuff. Yeah, he's like, that, I'm not that, afraid of that. Did he talk about the machine elves at all? People talk about the. Uh, you hear about these? The, the clockmakers, the the machine elves. Yeah. I have. I That's feel like I just thing. outed myself that I've listened to more than one episode of Joe Rogan in the past. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've only listened to episodes if I like the guests, okay? I'm yeah. just putting that. There. I mean, who else am I going to get to hear fucking Bernie Sanders and Elon Musk? I there mean, we, I don't, right? I don't Listen, fucking I'm like you, the guy. With you. I, and Dude, Mike Tyson. Where else are you going to get that lab theory, man? That early lab theory conversation. You're only getting that on Rogan. I, it sucks because I don't like him and there's a stigma around Same. ever listening to him. But there's some things that he talks about that you can't hear anywhere else. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think some of his fans are just the worst. I think yes. his fans are like his fans he stink. Is, yeah. He'll call himself some an idiot all the time and he'll be like, I'm an idiot, whatever. But then if you call him an idiot to one of his fans, yeah, it's like oh, he's Jesus Christ to them. My my only thing, my, yeah, no, that is that is the truth, and they'll attack. You know, if you say anything uh, online, the swarm they, they come for you. But yeah. I think what's 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 interesting too is, uh, so I'm just gonna say some shit right now. Uh, hopefully they come for me. Uh, I I I would just always love, and I know this isn't like the kind of show that he always does, but for me, I wish he seems like someone who doesn't learn anything. Because I like you said the conversation 100%. with Bernie Sanders. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll hear shit where I'm like, and he'll sit with it, and in the moment, he'll just he'll be like... He'll agree, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll be like, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And then fucking, whatever, a couple months later, he's talking to some fucking jerk-off who's like slowly working his way towards some sort of, you know, uh, ethno-cleansing theory or something. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and he's knocking exactly. on the door with some real sick shit, and I'm like, Rogan, did you remember what the fuck, you know, you just talked yes. about like two months ago? I but mean, he, he, he doesn't. He, he's, just, he's always a clean he's just slate. like, oh, they're nice to me, so I'm Yeah, not, yeah of he course, doesn't push everybody, back. Nobody... <laughs> There's very few people in the world that aren't going to be nice to somebody who could literally change their life. Yeah, with right. A two-hour interview. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you're getting a huge boost from being on there. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he, he's just going to you get to smoke weed, drink a little bit, whatever the hell you want to do, and sit in a studio for two hours, four hours, six hours, whatever the hell these episodes are. But yeah, that's my only thing is I wish he pushed back more. But that's not that kind of show. 100%. But I do, I do, I do like that, uh, that that there is that kind of place where it's like, yeah, man. I'm never about like to kick them off the air. You know, that's the other thing too is really like cancel the fucking show and all this other shit. I'm just like, listen, man, let just make better arguments. You know, we got to be out there shouting just as loud as these jerk offs are and just make better points. Yeah. You know, I totally agree with that. I think that like we shouldn't silence the guy. No, no. And there's no real thing is that that's all fake anyway. There's no real canceling no. or anything. Like, that doesn't, doesn't really talk happen. radio show almost ever. Right. No. Right. I mean, and what are they going to I mean, I, I mean, he. He sucks, but I mean, I was just saying this to someone else. Some people in my life growing up could benefit from listening to him. You know, like, like I think that some people don't, a lot of the circles that we run in don't understand how low, how low the the bar is with yes. some people. <laughs> yes. Like some people could hear someone like being like, oh, maybe discipline yourself. You know, yeah. that might be good for some people that I've grown up with. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. The bar, you're right. That's a good point. The bar is... The bar's been set low enough that it's like, and there's a reason that, it, you know, it's as popular as it is with that show. I think the other thing, too, is you get in a bubble, and it's kind of like, oh, all these fucking idiots who don't, you listen to this show. I'm like, listen, man, there's a lot of different kinds of people who listen to this show. There's a lot of closet listeners. We might be out ourselves here, but there's a lot of people who I know who like the show who wouldn't publicly say they like it because they feel like, you know, maybe it's, it's whatever. But I don't know. I also will say just really quick, I want to uh, toss on the other side of it is I get why. People have been fighting for so long when we talk about just like 
power dynamics and how people have been shit on for so long that I also get why sometimes you just grab whatever kind of hanging for whatever whatever if it's a, if it's a, a, a you know trying to hashtag somebody bully them like get, get a bunch of people on Twitter to try to maybe get them canceled maybe maybe you get affect their bottom line in some way not with Rogan because Spotify doesn't give a fuck but in some other cases it's like I get why you've been frustrated for so long and this fight for equality is like way the fuck past overdue so I understand why some people might just take little wins where they can and try yeah, to be definitely. like let's just get a win on Twitter and maybe we can like half cancel someone and that feels good. I get that, but sure. I'm just like, that can't be the end game. Like I'm with you. I'm with you on that fight, but we got to, we got to put our sights a little higher. A hundred percent. Like every time Joe brings up, I mean, with this trans shit, shut the fuck up, bro. Shut the fuck up. Yes, please. <laughs> like, enough. Yeah. What do you want? Somebody's going to fight somebody. You look, if two fucking adults take money to fight in a ring, <laughs> then they fight in a fucking ring and we see who wins. I got fucking plenty of women who kick my fucking ass, you know? Like, 100%. Like, I don't, like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, it, it, that's the most, and that's the disingenuous bullshit argument where people are like, they go to the extremes with like, well, I don't know if you're giving ki children, you're giving a two-year-old hormones. And then there's some brute beating somebody up and claiming to be, you know, there's like fucking, uh, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar's in a dress now and he's beating somebody up. I'm like, dude, that's not what the fuck no, we're talking about here. Give me a break. That's a bullshit. That's a straw man bullshit argument. A hundred percent. But I mean, I, I, you're a Bernie man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Well, I'm an anarchist, so I'm not. You know, if I had the vote, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm burned. But yes, I'm big time. Yeah, I, I love, I love, uh, I love what uh, the movement that he kind of brought and got people very fired up around. I mean, what's not to love? Of, I mean, I, I, I get there are people. That, I mean, there has to be something. There's a lot of people that didn't love. <laughs> so there has it's to true. be something. I think there's a little. You know what's funny is there people. This this always blows people mind when I talk about this. So I'm here and it kind of you know in Trump country, but I also think what's funny is a lot of people. So I got my oil man uh, who, who who puts we got oil heat here in the in the in the apartment. So he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's old. It's old. Uh, not the not the most uh, not the most environmentally friendly or fuel efficient. But anyway, you got to bring the oil in and fill up the oil tank in the winter. Oh, 100%. Uh, so, you, you taking the wifey out to the Wawa for, for, on Friday oh, nights? Oh, you know. You got to get a sub. You got to get a little, little, little Wawa mini, little six-incher while the oil man fills up. Of course. Uh, so, so this guy, we're talking out there, and people don't understand why, how, how someone, I would go, here's the, here's the choices that this dude did. He's not, he's of course like Biden and the Democrats are full of shit. He's an old school union guy, used to vote Democrat in the 60s and 70s, then realized, oh, that party sold out and they don't give a fuck about working people, NAFTA, the trade stuff, you know, they shipped all the jobs overseas, they, they gutted the unions, all that shit. So he's like, I'm not Democrat, I'm not a Republican. Uh, along comes a fucking Carney Barker, grifter, you know, Trump mixing it up, saying like outsider, it's like whatever. Of course, you wouldn't piss on your teeth that they were on fire. I think pe people know that to some degree, but they but they go fuck it. Let's 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 flip the goddamn table over, light it on fire, and see what happens. So what's funny is I tell this guy he's telling me about his wife, uh, who's diabetes, going to lose the foot. She got the old sugar foot, so she's going to lose her foot. He's telling me about this, and he goes, and you know the fucking prices of this thing. They're now g trying to garnish my wages because we had this you know thing through the hospital. We we don't have any health insurance. He's you know filling oil. He's working independent contractor. So, so he's telling me this, this story about his wife, and I'm just like, don't you think medicine, like, shouldn't medicine just be, like, we're getting gouged every year. Taxes are going up every year no matter what. Don't you yeah. think we should just have medicine? He goes, yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's the Sanders guy. Like, I, you know, I would have voted for him. So here's a guy, you know, people hear this, and they go, wait a minute, hold on. This guy would have voted for Trump unless Sanders was there, and he would have voted for Bernie? People yeah. are like, I don't, um, does not compute with, like, the bipartisan, you know, old school kind of Republican Democrat. I'm like, that shit's gone. Most people don't give a shit about that. Yeah. It's just like... Which is weird to people to think. So I think the thing with Bernie more so that got him was that there were uh, the establishment wanted nothing to do with him. So they got they, they, they got in his way very early. Like, I think if the people actually, 
Because people go, well, if people just came out and voted in the primary, I'm like, first of all, people don't vote in the primaries. This whole COVID thing, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, there, there was there was a lot of weird shit. And then in 2016, the same guy, like they, that party so could never dirty. win as a Democrat. They all conceded like the day before and put their weight behind Joe Biden, kind of blindsided. I remember that day. Yes. Yes. Right, right? before. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was like no, right he, before he, a bunch of red states and they were, Joe Biden had done a ton of. Yeah, it was like very shady when you're like, yeah, who didn't like him? I was like, CNN and the DNC. Didn't like Dude, that's the thing, too, but, is I tell I tell a lot of my friends who love CNN. Yeah. Like you look at the, the coverage, MSNBC and CNN were fucking venom for Bernie. Yeah. Like they, I'm, I'm like telling people to watch this shit. And I'm like, yo, now you understand why we talk about these clowns. Remember when we laughed in 2000, 2004 with the Bush, with all the idiots watching Fox News and like. Nothing's true, and they're just like it's all about like trying to attack stuff. I'm like now, now think about now how you look while you're watching CNN just pump lies about somebody, and now you see it's all it's all a, it's all you know it's all a con. It's like just depends on what where you are. I'm like they didn't want they didn't want Bernie to begin with, so they never would have had him. But at least he got yeah. people fired up for a hot second. I'll, I'll say that's exciting. I, I Murph, you, you, this is what I love about you because you look at something that's literally so broken. And then you say, at least there's this one good. Th- you ended. You literally talked about how broken the system is for, for three minutes straight. You're going on and on and on. So, you know everything, and then you just go, but at least. And you found the one good thing that you could bring from that. Yes, I, that's right. I try to find that, even if it's not half full. Just give me a little. Take, give me a little droplet at the end there. No, it's true. It's true. It, he oh. fired up a generation. We're getting organized. We're getting there. We'll get there. Maybe not us, but our. Maybe the next generation. No, my family out here, too, they're like union people as well. But then you talk to them. Similar story you just said. And I was talking to my cousin. I'm like, we're talking about medicine and this. My little cousin had cancer from a young age. So that's his son. And we're talking. About, he's like, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'm like, so then you do agree with a lot more things on the full, like, there, when there's solutions, when there is actual solutions that will materially make your life better, I think you can bring people over. And then he's like, well, you're never going to get all these Trump people. You're going to get all these Trump people to just like zoom over to the far left. And I'm like, I think there's a better chance of that happening than like them becoming establishment Democrat. Like, 100%, man. 100%. We were having this conversation last week. And he's like, yeah. never happen. It'll never happen. But I'm like, it just did with me and you. <laughs> He's yeah, like, right. yeah, right. That's what yeah, they say, yeah, right? Yeah. And then people go, yeah, well, that's us here now. But I'm talking yeah. about like some hypothetical large group of people. And you're like, there's a lot of people like us out there, man. Like there's a lot of people that are that are, are kind of have seen the curtain. And that's the other good thing. You talk about finding one little good thing on a fucking train of pain that was four years of Trump. At least he like not only pulled the curtain back to give everybody kind of a look at how yeah. much of a sham it was. He ripped the thing off, lit it on fire, wiped his ass with it. Like we got a g- nice long look at how the establishment parties work and how they don't work for us at all. So I'm like, if nothing else to take away from that for me was that this fucking clown show came in and just gave like all the pettiest bullshit. He said things that sometimes you're like, that's not in your best interest. That's not in the party's best. Like the Republicans didn't want it. Like, you know, you go back and look at like when he, in 2016, when he was running in the primaries and it was like, he was just eviscerating. It was like a roast. It was like a comedy central roast up there. (laughs) Like he was just shredding like legacy fam, like Jeb Bush just crushed. Yeah. Rubio crushed like all of them just Cruz crushed so it's like you look at that and I'm like they didn't want him either but they're like well the people have spoken and like he's he's running as a fake populist which is you got Bernie running as a real populist and you got him running as a fucking phony populist so that would have been the clash of and even Trump knew it man Trump Trump said he was so sad when Biden was the nominee he actually literally said I remember at a town hall here in Scranton because he was fucking big here so he comes to Joe Biden Scranton to do his town hall and I remember the one comment he made where he's like 
yeah, it was so sad, you know, when Bernie didn't get elected. I, I was all ready with my rhetoric. I was like, hey, he's a communist. He's a blah, blah. And he's like laughing about it. And the whole crowd laughed. Uh-huh. So I'm like, he knew. He's like, no, this is the, this would be a great show. Imagine me against Bernie. Like, it's like a fucking WWF match. Yeah. I'm the heel. Yeah. He's the fucking <laughs> hero. It's like Hulk Hogan against the Iron Sheik. Here we go. Jesus. I mean, and that's how you know he never he's a he's a showman he's not he never wanted to be president it's no, a no. fucking nightmare no. for him yes no he didn't even want the job he's just a scumbag and every decision he made was with sociopathic like mm-hmm. accuracy of like how can i benefit from this and the rest of it was bullshit so nobody bought that routine really i think a lot of people are just ready to light the damn thing on fire so we just got to get our labor organized. It's like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, it, like, that's the big thing with the unions is, like, when they come back, like, that's the only push we really... We're not going to vote these assholes out. You can't. You can't. You can't vote. They have this system set up in a way that you, we can't vote them out. You know, it's like even when you get somebody like Bernie in the Senate for as long... And the squad, and people are excited about AOC and Alan Omar. And I... Look, I love the young progressive generation coming here, but you look at what they can actually do, and it's like, it's just... It's rot from the inside out, and you can't, like... You can't only polish a turd so much. I think the real way we can push them is just organized labor. I mean, if we start yeah. getting our, our strike power back to be like, yo, man, when you fucking shoot unarmed black people indiscriminately in the streets, when you don't fucking try to take away medicine from kids who have cancer and, and, and you're trying to charge all this crazy shit for instance, we're going to shut the shit down. Like, if you have that sort of labor organization to be like, guess what? Amazon, done. Supply chain, done. Yeah. Like, if, if you don't deal with the, with the injustices we're talking about here, Labor says, nope, we're done. We're shutting it down. So until we get to that point, we're not going to have any real power. This is a good time to bring up your hat. Because I've seen, yes. I heard you talk about your hat. T- t- can you tell everyone what the hat is? Yeah, this is, a, so these are IWW, it's the Industrial Workers of the World. Uh, it's, a, it's a real old uh, industrial labor union. Uh, and they, they're, they're much more, uh, so you know, you're a SAG, you're in SAG, right? Oh, 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 please, I'll tell you this. I would love to talk SAG with you uh, because I hate it. Yes, me too. I, yeah, it's, I, it's the worst union. I've, I, I've never been a garbage. part of a union. It's garbage. garbage. All I do is give them garbage. money. Dude, all we do is give them money. The, all they do is cave on every negotiation. They're for the producers, man. The, uh, Andrea is a fucking producer. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's negotiating. On, there's a conflict of interest all over the place. They got the, the, the brass there makes, like, they got people making 400K a year. Like, on the board and on and all, all the Jesus people. Jesus like, Christ. Meanwhile, they booted me off. I don't, know how, I don't know how you were doing during the pandemic. I fucking missed. Health I missed my mom booted off the health insurance. I'm like, dude, I've been on this fucking, I've been giving you dues. I've been paying a good standing for almost seven years. And you kick me the fuck off during a pandemic? Fuck you. It's actually disgusting because you, uh, people don't realize a day rates for an actor is $1,000 under that. Right. Yep. And plus you get taxes out. You have to pay your manager, agent. You walk away with nothing. Right. I make yeah. more coaching. People don't impo- realize that. They think we're hot shots making all this money. It's I like, know. no, by the time that trickle comes down, it's nothing. And, and the other so- day I was at the pizzeria and this guy's talking about how Trump's still the president, the whole nine yards. And he's like talking about, oh, there's so many liberals in New York and California because all of the actors, all the actors are are these liberals and they're doing. I'm like, if you I was going to say he could tell I was like kind of staring him down. I was like, if you had any idea of how the power dynamics in Hollywood actually work, the people who are really making these decisions yeah. are much more conservative than you would probably think. Yeah, right. There's a few people who are the face of like, oh, like Leonardo DiCaprio is making a lot of money, but that's right. not an actor. He is no. an extreme of no. what an actor is. He's a producer. At, yeah. They're, yeah. They're and he is a producer. Yeah. He is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's a fucking producer. And, and he and he the reason why they don't want to strike and the reason why they're organizing the whole way it's top down. It's top heavy. It's all it's all the producers at the top. It's the one percent. 
That's why when I was yeah. talking about with, with, when we were negotiating that contract a couple of years ago, it's now probably three, four years ago, for the commercial contract. Okay. So when the commercial contract was in its early stages of like, oh, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a snag here, and it's like, but SAG won't strike. There was like this no work thing on video games for a little while that was kind of soft and still never really got us like much. Yeah. But in the in the in this in the commercial thing, I go, listen, there's a fucking Super Bowl coming up here. I was like, if we had any minerals at all, you tell fucking Leo, you tell Clooney, you tell Aniston, you tell The Rock, try making Super Bowl spots without any fucking SAG actors. Now, all of a sudden, you got these people panicking to go, if we are on strike and you have to make Super Bowl spots without celebrities, good luck selling your fucking Mountain Dew. Yeah. Like, then all of a sudden, you see people uh, budge yeah. on the contract to be like, but you, you see what they ended up coming up with. It's basically a, a, a now a non-union contract thing where they can either buy you out it's in disgusting. the beginning- it's the same fucking bullshit. The residuals didn't get much better. And and so basically we have to make, what is it now, $18,000 a year in order to get health in, shitty health insurance. Yep. That, Shit healthy, yes. That means that you would have to be booking two TV roles a month in order to get health insurance. Or you do like a big commercial or something like that and, and make a bunch right. of commercials where you make money, right? Yes. So it's so hard to get pressure shitty. pressure every year. 100%. And it's just like you're hustle and hustle and hustle and you have to pay dues based on how much you make unless you make a certain amount. I think it's over $100,000 or something like that. Then it's just capped off. So someone yeah. that like Leonardo DiCaprio pays the same amount of dues as someone that's just a good commercial actor. There it is. How how much bullshit is that? It's fucked up. And then the retirement fund. So the other thing that's funny too here is we're looking at this. They ran this retirement fund. So the other big thing was that, that their their response when there was shenanigans on the on the voting because out came uh, Matthew Modine uh, and Isai <laughs> Morales both tried to challenge uh, you know what's her name from nine hundred two one zero Adria or Andrew, what uh, what the hell the hell her name is uh, Andrea. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. Then it's her character's name. What the hell? I forget the person. Tori, Tori Spelling? Tori Spelling. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can look it up. Yeah, look it up. Luke Perry. Yeah. Look her up. Yeah. It's a, tr it's a triple name. It's a three-namer. Oh, that's uh, not Sarah Michelle Gellar because that was my girl. I was like, oh, no. She would be Miss Madam President uh, would be Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar. We would be getting our medicine. We would not be kicked off if she was the president. She is the SAG slayer, okay? She did not just <laughs> kill fucking vampires. <laughs> you know what? And when she had that wood in her hand, ooh, your little ooh. boy went wild. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what am I looking up? SAG president? Yes. Yes, this Gabrielle Carteris. Gabriella Carteris. It's almost like a three-namer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of syllables. A bunch of syllables on two names. Uh, yeah, so Gabrielle, so she, so so there were shenanigans with that where they said, oh, well, you didn't count certain votes. and So she ended up, because they tried to challenge her. So her whole big thing was, oh, we're going to put a lot of money in the retirement fund. But here's the thing with the retirement fund. They're running it the same way as the fucking federal government's running the Social Security, which is they're put it in, in uh, it, you know, they gamble it out. So once once 2000, once the crash came too, yeah. so they, they're gambling all this in these 401ks all, all over, you know, here, let's give Wall Street the money to fuck around with. And then when shit crashes, it's like that money's not going to be there for a lot of the old, let alone us. Like there's no. people already now who are in their 50s and 60s. And some people, they say, well, you don't ever have to retire really as an actor. And you're like, but can you fucking slow down and have a family and not have to, do the kind of shit where it's like, if, imagine paying dues as a, as a worker, not as an A. You never get to A-list, but you're a character. You say you got some commercial work. Sure. You, you've been putting in a body of work for 40 years, and now you're sitting here at the end, and you still got to go out and go into an audition. Go, ah, fucking Cheetos. <laughs> you still got to do that when you're fucking 70 years old or else you don't get your, your, your heart meds? Like, come on. Yes, and you're going out to 
a hundred of those to maybe get one to maybe not die. Brutal, brutal. Maybe not die Talk from the food that you're selling for the for the world that yeah, will eat it like, to make themselves sick, so you could just not fucking die and have a family and chase your dreams for a year, so you don't fucking snort fucking pills. Okay, you're like. Look at this Cheeto dust. I got 70 years of Cheeto dust on these hands. It's actually, like, people don't understand, like, being an actor sucks. Oh, yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. You got you to gotta go in. You got to suck and fuck as hard as you can. Your knees are scabbed yes. when you get out of there. And it's like, maybe. It's always, hey, you say a little too much teeth. A little too much teeth. 100%. And then you go, well, now I don't get my health insurance. Thanks for that. Yeah, and everyone's like, ah, if he had a better smile. Hey, if I had dental. <laughs> Give me dental. Give me vision. I can't even see the fucking. I can't even see the fucking cue card. I'm writing your commercials for you already. The way it is. 100%. I'm in here, Emperor. You're using my lines, whether you want my fat ass or not. Coming back, Jeez. whether you cast some handsome in here. Do you go? You're, you know, you're going to use my lines. Do you go for non-union sometimes? No. Well, you know, that's the other thing. Here, here's where I, this is what pissed me off about SAG. I didn't for a long time. Now it's up in the air. Now I'm like, now they booted me off the health insurance. And I think with COVID, it's like you got to take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially from VO, if you can do some shit from home or whatever. And I think that's kind of been the understanding. But th- they have this global rule one. And so this is why I just want just to get back to like, sorry, I just took this completely off the rails. But with the IWW, the reason I th- was thinking about with SAG is. Just in the most basic sense, what I love about about IWW, and this is the difference between trade unions and industrial unionism, like the, the two different main differences here are that the, and this is why trade unionism doesn't work, and this is why SAG is a great example of this, but there's many other unions across the board, is that they, they essentially just uh, put a bureaucracy in place that then deals with the politicians. So this is why you get corrupt union bosses. So it's it, instead of like with, with, with IWW and with, with industrial unionism, the concept is like, is is uh is is across is bottom up it's all it's all collective power it's all democratic unionism it's not there isn't like you elect a couple of people to go and do the closed door negotiations and then they because then you just got to buy out a couple of people yeah so this is why like the democratic politicians this is why they also were fine working with unions because you got like guys like hoffa these big personalities would go well you know i get to do the thing and i'm the president of the union so i got all the power and i can strike and i can do but then it becomes all about one person. It becomes all about a couple of board members at SAG. It becomes, sure. It's not about the rank and file. The rank and file end up just keep getting fucked because we don't actually have any power. Like, they say we have power, but, like, IWW is basically just, like, they'll never sign, like, no-strike clauses, which is another big thing when you negotiate that they want to go, well, if we uh-huh. give anything here, you got to sign a thing that says you don't strike. No. That's our biggest power. Our, our power is always that we can collectively take a walk if you fuck us over. Like, that's just how it's got to be. So that's what I appreciate about IWW is it's very much like a bottom up, uh, um, like not unilateral, but like you know everything is it's it's the the organization is like the power is across the board. No one, there's no boss that has any more power. You don't get because the more you like get funnel through to like less and less people, the easier it is to buy those people off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'll be honest, I get why you get bought off because I'm a weak man. If yeah, I was course. in a position of power, I would buy, I'm waiting to sell out. I'm waiting. I mean, like, that's why we need a system so it's not because I know I'm weak. And I, I try to be checks and balance. I need I'm trying to be whole of heart. I try to be full of full of love. I mean, dude, if you were sitting if you were sitting in the room, <laughs> we all can say this. If we were sitting in a room tomorrow with The Rock and the president of Sony, and they said, Sebastian. Yes. You want all the health care you want. You're going to be an A-lister right now. 
But you got to go out there and you got to tell the rest of these fucking schlubs mm-hmm. that they got to go back to sucking and fucking for their Cheetos commercial. Yes. You're going to come back and go, fellas, I don't know what to tell you. I got, I got a movie with The Rock. I'll see you guys around. God bless with the Cheetos. God bless. Send me some Cheetos. Yeah. Send me some Cheetos. Because you get send- shit for free when you're that rich. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. You, don't even you send me the Cheetos, guys. I'll do the negotiations from here. A hundred percent. So I, we can't blame the people that, that I think a lot of people do, and I understand why you do, but I don't think anyone actually puts themselves in their shoes no nah, man don't hate the player hate the game i always go to that for sure because it's like look man until we deal with the structural rot it's like it just gets petty you start calling out you know and i'm pissing on the rock here i'm tweeting at the rock during leading up to the super bowl going you fucking scumbag why don't you strike with us you know i'm like what now what, what have i turned into not yeah. i love the rock not the people's elbow he has the elbow of the people <laughs> <laughs> he's got the elbow. His, he's, he should be leading with his elbow if he wants to be with the fucking unions. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> wow. My mother would be very disappointed because she's a big rock fan right now. She, is she? Yeah. She, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of appeal there. You know, I get it. I mean, I think, I mean, one. The charisma's off the charts. Ex- t- 100%. Two, he's an action figure. He, yeah. He's just. He's a human action figure. He's on every steroid. He gets blood work done every day. Yep. You ever see his breakfast? He fucking Instagrams Ooh. out these breakfasts this guy's eating. Oh, oh. Breakfast in bed. Oh, you need a fucking California king to fit his omelets <laughs> in there. I mean, he's phenomenal. Do you think that he's going to run for president? This is interesting because he finally got political this last go around. He didn't say he wouldn't say Trump's name, but he did. He did finally come out and just be like, "We need to." St- to come out against hate and we need to do it. So I think, wow. I think how bold, how bold. I just want to say the rock brave. against Tucker Carlson in 2028. Let's do <laughs> 2030, whatever the hell year it'll be. Let's see it. Um, you think Tucker's going to run? I Definitely. think he could. He'll, he, he'll flirt with it, man. It's now that that, now that it's been like, you know, now that the gloves are off, it's like anybody can fucking run. I think Tucker will run. I think he'll get, he'll, he'll get himself canceled on purpose from Fox. He'll take that audience to whatever the hell is his, his own, Little 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 sideshow there. Yeah. There's there's talks of uh, who's this other fucking clown from Barstool? Uh, 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 Portnoy. Portnoy. Portnoy's. You know he. So there's a lot of weird people I think waiting in the shadows after Trump to be like I, they say. Oh, I don't want. I would never run. Who would want that fucking pain in the ass? But I, I think Tucker will do it. I just, do you think we can, we will like organize? Do you think there is a world? I just want to hear you say yes. Uh, yes. So, so I honestly, yes. <laughs> I, it's do you much slower. It's a world where this all because I do think that I think you can connect with somebody on a way where like, yeah, you're underpaid. You've been getting screwed over for a long time. Your labor, you still work, right? You still do something and you show work. Like I think there is a way to connect with all these people in that yes. way and be like, this is how you can grow past. Like I am hopeful that this will happen. I don't know if I'm the guy to do this. Definitely <laughs> not. You sound like you're pretty good at uh, communicating this message. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the but thing. Who's gonna you do got, it? Like old where, school organizing. I mean, Bernie, I guess, kind of. And it helped. It helped to organize people. But see, unfortunately, what I always feel, and this is just again coming from kind of an anarchist perspective, is like we can never put too much. Uh, on the politicians, because I feel like yeah. that's where you get let down. That's cult 100%. of personality shit. It's not about Bernie and God bless the, the ideas. And, and, and yeah, I yeah. love he's a cute old man. I love you know, I love him. I love his style of just I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to rant and rave and the one percent. And I love all that. But it's not about one politician. And that's why I loved his 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 campaign slogan. This go around. It's uh, not me. Us was that was the whole fucking thing. So I think his message the whole time is like, look, I'm old. I'm an old dog. I've been doing this a long time. Howling at the moon in the Senate. People don't listen to me. I'm going to come and go. It's not about me. It's got to be about you. Like you people have to be engaged. They have to step up. And the organizing is the toughest part. 
because you got to convert people. It's not about mobilizing. We could sit here in a bubble and be like, you jerk each other off all day of like, yeah, we have pretty much yeah. the same ideas. We might not agree on everything, but it's like, yeah, medicine's good. School should be better. Cops shouldn't be fucking killing people. Like, we could probably agree on a couple of basic things. <laughs> but to, you know, but it's to, sick that you have yeah. to say probably agree. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> right? No, I know. These days, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, th- I think those are pretty fucking reasonable ideas. Let, let's stop, you know, putting all the money in the bombing and, and militarizing the police. Let's put it in the schools and the medicine. Sure. Crazy? Is that fucking nuts? I don't think so. How dare you? Uh, How dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Not in my America. No. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I, dude, I think, I think, we, I think we will, uh, Robbie. I think, I think we will uh, um, organize because with historically we have. There's always this like. Swing of one way, the pendulum swing the other. The only reason we have the eight-hour workday, the only reason we got any of this shit is because of the strikes and the the organized labor, and that's their most terrifying thing. You see, people think it's shit's getting heated now. You watch even just Amazon, as you saw with the the anti-union campaign they ran down in Alabama when people tried to organize there. Yeah. You, you, we're going to see levels of like, that's what the cops really do. That, that's when the two things, the twofold of like the racist police as they, as they came about as slave patrols in the South is how like the, the, the modern day police forces started. And in the North, they started as, as, as union busters. So that's like how the police are what they are is because rich people say we've got property to protect. We've got money yeah, to protect exactly. business. Interests, so we need an armed fucking force to protect that. So until we like stand against that and look, man, it's organized labor. It's now our, it's now our, I say our, but it's all of our, our, our times to actually, even if you're not directly striking, when these general strikes start to break out, we got to all be as supportive as that as possible because the activists have been doing their fucking work over the last yeah. several years of like, but that can only go so far without actually backing it up. Sure. Because you see now they, they, you know, they fought, they fought. Now we're getting this reform of this George Floyd bill from fucking Biden who wrote the goddamn crime bill. So it's like, we're not, who's, who's really thinking Biden's going to do anything about that? It's, it, he's saying all the right shit of like, yeah, it's white supremacy and systemic racism. He's saying all the fucking buzzwords, but we know yeah. how this, we've seen this. We've been down this road before. So we, organized labor needs to step up and actually be like, let's, let's get organized so that that's the real power. Because until, how can you pressure them otherwise? You can't just vote. They don't care about your vote. But like, they really don't. Do you think part of, part of the problem is we're in such, like, a freelance society? Like, no one, uh, how do you? Yes. Well, that's on purpose. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, so yes, we're right. completely yep. divided, and we're all, like, in these little sects, and I, f- I don't feel part of, If it's like, who else does what I do? I don't know. Maybe I know 40 other people that actually yeah. live the career and life that I do. Yeah, dude, that's no. And you're, you're right. That's part of the problem. It's not in the culture. We, we have a whole, we've had a whole couple generations. It used to just be part of the culture that unions would like you, you would back up like labor is entitled to, to all it creates. Lab- th- th- you don't have shit without, you know, the fat cats sit there and collect. But it's like you look at that on paper. I was just having a car. My brothers, I had to come a long way. So I like to use people in my family, too, because I'm just like, I understand they're not coming from the same place I am. And if I can't convince them where they give me a little I'm, I've always been the fucking lunatic of the family they're like yeah there he goes again ranting and raving <laughs> yeah. but like you know we get drunk enough into the late night and it's like I use them as a tool to be like listen I got if I can't convince them you know over a couple of beers that this makes sense that they're getting fucked and it's not coming from fucking uh, immigrants and it's not coming cuz I'm like dude they ran the same playbook back here in Pennsylvania when they when they brought over the the, the for the Irish immigrants I'm like listen we're talking we're not talking that long ago here like this is part part of our my great great grandfather. Like this is in our family where they tried to come over and separate based on well now here come the fucking sl- you know this, this the the people from Eastern Europe yeah. and now they're lesser than and they're stealing jobs and I'm like the Lithuanians the Irish the Italians the only reason they fought for that is because they fucking stood together and they're like this is bullshit 
It's not. It's not about the, the, the Polish people coming over and taking jobs. Like, it's about the fucking the, the fat cat up here who doesn't hasn't set foot in the mine sure. and he's living in a fucking palace. Like, that's the problem. So it's like you got the, the divide and conquer shit playbook that they've run has worked wonders for like a couple generations now. But I think it will all come back. I feel like the younger kids. It's like there's different language. There's different tactics, but. I feel like it's the same song and dance at the end of the day. So, I, I, Robbie, to answer your question, I don't know that it'll happen in our lifetime, but every fucking generation pushes the needle further, and it's going to have to happen because this is a game of I know, Monopoly. That's what, it, playing, that's what I feel like. I'm like, the way this ends, it's going to be Dude, soon we, and bad. We've, it is. It <laughs> like, is. We've all played like, Monopoly. If anything, if there's ever a time, too, I feel like with the pandemic to show the value of labor is like what happened when everything went down? Who was like holding yep. up society and like, but it, I don't know, maybe a few times people kind of got tuned into some of this stuff and they read some things on Instagram and they were like, oh, but then I feel like it goes in here out the other for a lot of people. You're right. And it like does. They don't really. No, they'll see. bang the pots and pans yeah. for the essential workers for a couple of months or whatever. And then it's on to the next thing. No, I, I hear you. And again, that's by design. Yeah, that's, there, there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of. But I, I think I, I just think like just the natural way of like, you know, the forces that, that come back and forth. I'm like, it has to. It has to swing the other way at a certain point because yeah. just like with any game, you know, you play Monopoly long enough, you get to the end, it's one asshole with all the fucking boardwalk and park place. Everybody else is kind of broke. They sort of drift off. They're Now they're playing another, watching a, something on TV. Or they, No one likes the Monopoly. No one likes playing Monopoly. It, like, ruins <laughs> families. I've never, I've, the last time I played with my fucking family, everyone's cursing it. Fuck you. And it's like, <laughs> like, no one likes it. So we're at the late stages of, the, of this Monopoly game here. And eventually we're going to flip that board over and light it on fire and, 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 and then rebuild from there. Wow. Murph. I mean, you are, you've lived. You are wise man. <laughs> My monopoly analogy. Yes. I, will, I also want to say. I mean, I think the, the, the game made the analogy. I think the game yeah. itself. Oh, it's pretty, it's, it's Taylor made. It's Taylor made. That's Parker Brothers. Let's give yeah. Parker Brothers a credit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like me telling a story sneaking out of my house, and I'm like, it's like that game Don't Wake Daddy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's your analogy level right there. Yeah. It's actually like, flow. You ever see hippos eat? Hippos yeah. eat a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that's, I'm just saying, hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> what were you going to say, Robbie? Uh, so my story from before with my guy in the pizzeria talking about actors. First and how he off, hates them. first off, phenomenal pizza, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal pizza. pizza. We just have to get it out of the way right at the top. I know the spot he's talking about. Villamonte, Villamonte, shout out. You know, we we love to have you give us free pizza. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's Trump is still the president, running behind the scenes, all these things. How he hates actors, the whole nine yards. Jesus. The guy twenty years ago did three episodes of All My Children. <laughs> And he's pulling out pictures, showing everybody. You know, I used to be an actor. Like, so I'm like, you either actors are the worst, or your greatest accomplishment in life is that you did three episodes of All My Children. You don't get to have both. No, you, you don't get both. You don't get that daytime soap glory. Yeah. No, yeah. no you, you know that he parlayed that into a couple of dates. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, he's still yeah, trying no. to do it. That might be his ex-wife. That might be his ex-wife. Yeah. Might be in All My Children. You know what I mean? All his children might have come from All My Children. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think so. <laughs> wow. But that's that not. What do you tell people you do, Murph, for a living? Uh... Shouting to a microphone like a lunatic, really, because that's, that's kind of, you know, what I kind of did with the Gathered Show. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, You know, that's kind of my jam. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say comedian. Cool. I, you know, but basically. My family, yeah, my family, they'll never really get it. But like I said, they support it. Sure. So 
I appreciate it. And, you know, we're kind of hybrids now, unless you're, again, if you're an A-lister, you know, if you're in a certain clique that you're like, oh, I'm in all these movies or my neighbors and friends, you know, family, friends and shit. It's, oh, Saturday, you on the Saturday Night Live yet? You know, you're doing like, that whole thing. It's like, nah, man, nobody wants to be on that fucking soul-sucking nightmare of a program. <laughs> but but well, we kind of did at some point. We all did the character reel and 100%. whatnot. But, I was just asking because, like, we are these, like, I'm going to say it. Renaissance men, you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say Go it. I, I'm glad somebody had to. We have to be like yeah. I. I literally am doing 15 other things. All I ever wanted to do, getting into this fucking comedy shit, is make people laugh. And I literally have to spend hours and hours and hours doing other shit just to yeah. get to get what uh, that occasion. To get the opportunity to yeah yeah no it's uh, you got to be your own the own branding shit. And so like I was late to the game. I canceled all my fucking social media accounts like. Right before the Gethard show actually got on like the huge, you know, the actual network. So I, I had to good start move. all over again with that shit. I'm just not good with it. You know, they're putting me up on True TV. We're doing all the press tours and they're like, what's your handles for the thing? I'm like, hey, no, put this weird website up there. And they're just like, nah, man, it's yeah. an at. You get an at. You don't have any ads? I was like, not anymore. Gave away my blue check and all that shit. Like, Jesus. Through that. So it's like, Wait, I'm dumb with that. You but gave you it away? Be, you gave it I away? Fucking, well, I canceled my account. He's now a man I come of the back. People. I, I sent him a little Twitter. I say, Twitter, remember me? I had a blue check. They don't fucking re- respond to any. I'm talking to the moon. I don't, they don't know. <laughs> wow. There's nobody at home at Twitter. No, no. I mean. So I don't know how they, whoever the, whoever the machine behind the Ted Turner thing, uh, you know, with, with the Gethard show when we were on True, was, they got us all the blue checks. But, yeah, I said, fuck it. I, I, I had to walk away for a few years. Uh, that was a psychedelic. Uh, I was actually a mescaline. I took some mescaline. I fired my manager and I canceled all my social media accounts. I never felt better. Wow. So you would say if you're an up and coming comedian, you should take mescaline and just burn it all down? <laughs> yeah. Burn it all the fuck down. Yeah. And then come on a sob story five years later, go, I don't have blue check anymore. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm going to be blunt. Sometimes a blue check turns me off. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that it's like, I think the whole idea behind I understand why they have it. But sometimes, like, the people at our level, like, it. It's just like, oh, look at me. You know what? I, it doesn't mean, yeah. and it doesn't mean that you're funnier than anyone. It's just like an ego no. boost a little bit. So it's a little bit of an ego. It's a little tug. It's a little bit of a tug job. It's also, I think, uh, the algorithm. The only thing too is now I'm trying to shill a podcast, so I'm just trying to get as many people to listen. Me too. Both from a personal thing, you know, a little bit of as my my comedy and trying to get my my name out there and stuff. But honestly, for this project in particular, it's just like I just want to fucking help as many people as possible. So I, the algorithm gives you the little bump if you're the blue check to be like, oh, well, well. If you post something, more people might see it. I don't fucking know. I don't know how it works. I mean, but your podcast is tremendous, Murph. I, I Thanks, brother. Thank you. He, so is yours. It's a blast. Thanks. I, I just want to say, but like, I've listened. I'm going slow, bro, because I can't. I, it's, I mean, I listen to your mom. I, I had to take like a couple of days off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's heavy. It's a little heavy. I mean, but like, it just. She has a good, she has good spirits about it, but it's, it's a lot. What, it's a lot to process. What was she like? Because you talked to your mom about your drug addiction and uh, other stories on yeah. that. What, did you like talk to her before about like, we're going to do this? Yeah. Or was it all live on mic when it happened? No, you know, I so so I talked to uh, my I was talking to a therapist, uh, you know, because I'm doing a lot of self-medicating for many years. But I, you know, I started doing before I started this project, I started talking to a guy uh, just like a 900 year old uh, dude on the Lower East Side that I was recommended for, from a friend. <laughs> He's just an old guy. You sit, he sits on his leather lazy boy in his Good. living room. You go over and talk to him. He's great. Um, and so I've been talking to him even on the phone here in PA. Nice. So I did the show for him. So this is originally like an, an hour long live show. This, this whole original thing I got, uh, was through this, uh, laughter lab of course. comedy thing where it was like bringing social justice causes together with comedians and you can kind of get some grant money. Maybe so you do shout out Bethany for- hall. I did a couple of those. Bethany. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beth, awesome. yeah. Bethany's the only dude. There's like, she, she told me like a week before the deadline, she was just like, you know, there's this thing. And I, I saw that you, because she saw my uh, spank when I was doing it at the UCB. She said, I think you should pitch this. So I wouldn't even fucking be doing this thing, this podcast, if it wasn't for Bethany. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. She's great. Um, so yeah, so I did that thing. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> so anyway, I, so I, I had my show I was working before I turned it into kind of, you know, parsing some of the stories to do in different episodes of the podcast. So I did my show for my therapist, and he was kind of just saying, you know, I think with this type of material, he's like, in my experience, you might want to talk to your family before, th- like, the first time they're hearing some of this shit and just, like, personal details and stuff shouldn't be public. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and, and Gethard gave me some great advice, too, because, you know, he with, with career suicide, sure. his show doing stuff, he's obviously been a very personal uh, uh, comic who shares a lot of his stuff. And same kind of thing, he gave me good advice of just, like, you know, talking to, just, you, you should talk it through with people. So I, I did have some tough conversations, uh... That are, you know, because uh, like I said, they've been very supportive, but some of this shit's just, you know, it's it's pulling off old, it, it, you know, it's 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 ripping out those old skeletons out of the closet and, and dancing them around a little bit. So I, I think it took a little bit of uh, back and forth. But again, very supportive and understanding. My old man was like, you know, I, I can't even know if I can even listen to it and all that. But he gave me a hug and he said, you're doing it to help people. And I think that's fucking awesome. But I don't know if I'll ever be able to listen to it. And I was like, hey, that's all I can ask out of you. Thanks, man. So we had a good moment with that. My mom was kind of like she's always a little bit more the outgoing one anyway. So we talked a little bit. and I was like, how would you feel about just maybe, you know, we could do a little off off mic, you know, talk it through and then we can, you know, pop it on mic and, and see how it works. So I thought she was fucking great. I, thought, uh, I mean, she sounds uh, she sounds beautiful. You know, she sounds yeah. like a beautiful soul the way that you yeah, two she talk really about is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, it's hard, man. It is hard, and it, the hardest thing too is kind of like I said, like some some of my friends and family. I, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll uh, throw all my demons out there for 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 chuckles. But the other thing too is I also don't want to tell anybody else's story. So there's stuff too with like family and stuff. People reaching out to me, I'm like, listen, I'm not I'm not d- dirty laundry with anything because my family's very much old school in the terms of like you keep shit in house. You don't sure. you don't talk. You don't yeah. get loose lipped out there about, about about the family, which I. I believe in so i was like you know i'm gonna tell my story and i'm gonna try to keep it you know yeah. focused more like on me or whatever so i tried to assure everybody we're not gonna not gonna drag them all through the mud for my own little fucking sick that, uh, song and dance sure like that's that. good i mean yeah. you're very different than the mafia michael franchese was that the number one podcast in the world right now just <laughs> oh, fucking <God>. tell <laughs> just spilling all them beans just telling everything um no yeah but you tell your story man, and it's you you live that story so you i mean you deserve to tell it and it's you say stuff that people need to hear, and if, I mean, if you want to hear a person's journey, um, you should go listen to Murph uh, Myers self-medicated. It's truly one of the most beautiful podcasts I've ever heard, bro. Thanks, it's, brother. As long as we could just lift some stigma, that's the number one thing. 100%. Just, just, let's start talking about this shit, and let's stop you know, pushing everybody into the shadows with it, because just from firsthand experience, it's just it's a tough place, lonely place to be. So as long as I can just lift some stigma by getting people to laugh, then, you know, uh, that, that's I've done my job. That's beautiful. So please, everyone, just go fucking check that out. It's really, it's really nice, Murph. Uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know. You know, one day we'll do something good for the world, Robbie. Okay. Till then, yeah. <laughs> are you uh, are you gonna stay out in PA? Yeah. We're, well, well, for now, we're staying here. We're uh, we're kind of planning our next move. Uh, you know, we got we got vaxxed. We got uh, through the year. It was like uh, you know, it was kind of tough. We couldn't really stay afford to stay in New York. We were yeah. Living a little bit of ab- above our means in the apartment we were, because I, you know, we had, both had a couple of good years doing gigs. But once that shit shut down, it's like you realize in New York you're living month to month. Sure. Like at a point where it's like we couldn't afford to take six months off, so we might we're uh, we're, we're plotting our next move. It's it's been nice to be a little close to family here during this time because they got their asses kicked by COVID. My family and a lot of people around here, just if not even health wise, uh, financially, it's 
It's been rough. So, uh, so it's yeah. been good to be around them, but we'll plot our next move. Who knows? I spent like five months out there. In Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. Where about? I went on a date in Scranton, I'm pretty sure. Oh, shit. I was in the a Poconos. A five-month date I in Scranton? In... Sounds like it went well. <laughs> no, no, it was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I moved bro. out there. No, and yo, I bro. Met someone from Scranton. Yo, he, yeah. he told then, me. He told me they sat on set. Yeah. She, she came back to the house. They sat on separate couches. Then he asked her. He's like, "Oh, do you want something else to drink?" He got up. He got her something to drink, and then kissed her on the cheek, and then sat oh. next to her on the couch. He's a regular Scranton gentleman. <laughs> yeah, he's a real class ass. Kissed her on the Love cheek. And- uh, that's sweet. That's sweet. Don't let him yeah, break was, your balls. That was. Uh, <laughs> But I was out there for a little bit, and there's not. I mean, there's like Mount Airy, which we went to the one night. The Mount Airy Lodge, was, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a little romantic. You get you getting that uh, heart shape. I'm saying heart to shape do like tubby? a show or perform out there. I, I don't really know <laughs> yeah. what there is out there, dude. Not much. There's a couple of chuckle fucks like along the way, clubs and yeah, things okay. like that around. But uh, no, there's not much in the way of like a community for comedy, which is unfortunate. Well, you and Diana got to get, get figure out a way to get on stage because. Uh, your, know, your wife is one of the funniest people. Oh, dude, please. Fu- funniest fucking dude. Kills me. Kills me on stage all the time. Be- best, in- much funnier than me. Much better improviser. She's one on one of the uh, the old veteran weekend teams, as as were you at the, at the theater when it closed. So that was sad for her because, you know, sure. she's killing it on the weekends, man. They packed that house and it was like, it's just that you miss it. And she was saying that the other day. It's like she does it, works on a comedy zine with some some people from UCB and stuff. But it's not the same. Shout out. Being out there on stage. Um, Yeah. James Dwyer was on it. Uh, What's yeah. what's the functionally dead? Thank functionally you. Functionally dead. dead. Uh, they are coming yep. out with such funny shit. You should check it out. If you like this podcast, I guarantee you like the fucking zine. Yes. Yes. It's the same lane. It's a yes. bunch of Bernie bros. Yes. It's a bunch of you're talking about the left, too. It's a young left making funny, but not afraid to, to no, not pulling any punches. You know? Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh, Murph. I hope I get Yo. to see you soon, eventually. Dude, I hope so, too. I would love to see you out on, out on stage or out somewhere again. You're, you're both welcome to come to PA if you want to take a little Mount area trip. So. <laughs> again, let's meet, let's meet at the Mount. I mean, I do like I do like the slots. I, I have a little <laughs> slot slot over come here. Come on out, okay. Mohegan Sun, big boy. Let's do it. I do like it. Um, Murph, is there anything that you want to plug besides your podcast? Everyone, please go listen. Murph Meyer is That's self-medicated. It. Thank you so much. Selfmedicatedpod.com. That's it. And thank you so much, fellas, for having me. This has been a blast. Oh, please. It was fucking our pleasure. Robbie, anything you want to say? No, that's it. You keep listening to uh, our podcast. Oh, yeah. Keep <laughs> two <laughs> episodes a week, baby. Two episodes a week. We're doing the solos. We will address this thing where Robbie's telling people that him and I are going to make out points. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> because that blew my mind. That <laughs> yeah, don't... He didn't talk for 10 minutes. And then the first thing he goes, that's, that's where uh, Sebastian and I go. Uh, that's what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where it's like I'm a real bubbly, positive personality. Who can I get to sound like oh. he's half dead and half asleep? Jesus, thanks, Sebastian. He's a fucking. Bu- I call him my little mashed potato. You know what I mean? He, oh, he's a little pile of mashed. Put a little butter on that pudding. <laughs> all right, all my hotties out there, we love you. Please keep rating, review five stars. All right, Robbie, hit the fucking music. Oh, oh, oh.